Ben. I'm Megan. And we are Expecting Twins. Join us each week as we talk about twin stuff from how our babies are doing to helpful tips everyone can use. Welcome to the Twinning Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Twinning Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Megan. And I guess technically we're at like 34 weeks. Mm hmm. Except for that small detail. The, the babies are here. They were born. They were born. Woohoo! <laughs> so, last Tuesday, when we talked on the podcast, um, titled "Dirty: The Dirty Little Secrets of Pregnancy," mm-hmm. you had mentioned uh, about wearing pads because you pee yourself a lot. Mm-hmm. And you dribble. Yeah. So. Why don't you uh, maybe tell our listeners what that might have, more about that specifically now, looking back at it, just, yeah. So we went to, the day after we had the podcast last week, we had another ultrasound um, because they wanted to check the fluid discrepancy. We had talked about the fluid discrepancy, I think, on the last podcast as well. Um, Did we? I don't, I, yes, yes, we did. That we, that the doctor on Monday thought there might be some twin type of twin to, to twin, twin transfusion. transfusion. Yeah. Um, so we go in to have the fluids checked again. They just kind of wanted to monitor them and, um, yeah, and see if they're like, yeah, d- getting further and further apart. Yeah. And do another little check of the, um, Dopplers or, something like which measures like the blood flow in and out of the body so um we go in and do that and the after they're done the head doctor comes in and he's like you know i'm looking at this and he's like i don't think it's twin to twin transfusion i think you might have a little rupture in one of the sacs um he's like he he starts asking me questions and he's like do you he's like do you feel like you're like leaking i said well i feel like i'm peeing myself half the time especially after i stand up and go to the bathroom he's like yeah so i want to send you up to triage just to have you checked out he's like because if we have ruptured one of your sacs he's like we'll um we'll try to keep you pregnant until week 34 and um, then we'll go ahead and deliver the babies. And if not, then, you know, you go home and we just, you know, continue the course. He's like, because it doesn't seem as though the fluid discrepancy is really twin to twin transfusion. He's like, it's not affecting their organs yep. like they thought it would. Yeah, there's a couple different criteria that they look at when it comes to twin to twin transfusion. And they thought <clears throat> one of them would be the there'd be a measurable notice of difference of the blood inflow into the baby versus the other baby, whereas our babies were both the same. And then the other one would be, I guess, the or something with the organs, and that also measured the same. So they sent us... So this our appointment was at 3.30, I believe. 3.30, 3.15. Yeah. They sent us up to triage. It's about 4.30 at this time. And he basically... No, it was 4. 4 o'clock. Yeah. And he told you... You're being, you're going to be admitted to the hospital. It's just, we're just going to try to figure out what it is. Yeah. He made it very clear. You're not going home. And so 
once again, we're like, okay, round two. There's almost, what, two weeks to the day yeah. that you were admitted yep. for preterm labor at 31 weeks. So we get up there into the triage area where they kind of assess your level of pregnancy, whether or not to send you to labor and delivery or send you back home. Mm-hmm. And I thought what the lady had you do was quite interesting. Don't you? Yeah. She had me like, she wanted to see if she, what did she want to see? Oh, to see if there was any pooling. Yep. Um, of the amniotic fluid. Yeah. So she tilted me back as far as she could and then tilted me forward. Yeah. But it was like, she tilted you back for like 10, yeah, 15 10 minutes. minutes. Yeah. And her theory was if there was a rupture in the amniotic sac, that the fluid would build up inside your what uterus. Yep. And then when they tilted you forward, fluid would come out and they were going to swab test it. And then there they would be able to test. It would show on the test that it was amniotic fluid. Yep. So they can't, when they came in to check you, I saw them. they got the speculum out, mm-hmm. which is my sign of, I'm going to go take a walk around the hospital at this point, um, down the hall. And I think other husbands out there probably want to agree. That's something we just don't need to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why don't you, there's quite the difference of the room from when I left to when I came back in. Well, when you left, um, they did the speculum exam and pretty much a gush of water happened. Like, so you're basically your water was broken right at that point. Yep. Um, and so the original plan was to just put me on the labor and delivery floor and keep me there, try to keep me pregnant until week 34. So you come back in the room and we discuss this and we asked them, we said, is it, you Mind know, you, there's a, still a pool of water below you that I'm looking at. Nobody's yeah. told me what's happened. Everyone's just kind of like, hey, what's going on? Here we go. Yeah. I mean, you weren't even saying it. You are just like looking at me. I'm like. It is what it is. I didn't. I had no clue. Walking into that room, I thought they were going to say, yeah, there is a rupture. I look on the floor. There's a puddle of water. And the nurse is like nonchalantly trying to slide up towel with her foot over it so I don't see it and I'm like um <laughs> yeah so they decide they're going to admit me obviously and they're going to keep me on labor and delivery and then they're going to try to keep me pregnant until 30, 34 weeks which would have been last Sunday well we looked at the nurse and we're like and doctor so, and doctor and I was like so is this going to like just been have time to run home are we afraid that he is go- that these babies are going to come quickly? And they're like, no, you know, he has time to run home. So I was sending you home to actually get my work computer because I was still like, oh, I'll just work from the hospital. Well, you leave and about a half an hour later, I text you and I'm like, when are you coming back? Because by this time, I had gone into I'd gone to the bathroom and I was having some more cramping and there was actually a little bit of blood um just a little bit but enough that I mentioned it to the nurse and I don't know if it was that yeah, was I mean it, there was some cramping 
So I texted you and I'm like, when are you coming back? And you're like, well, do I need to, do I need to hurry? You said, what, an hour? Do yes. I need to hurry? I said like an hour because I hadn't even got home yet because of traffic. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you need to hurry. So sitting there talking to the nurse, they're like, um, I made the comment. I was like, I've got a poop. Yeah. And the nurse looks at me and look. Uh, he and just called. told. A, he just told like a thousand people that you have to poop. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody poops. Um. And so she looked at you. Looked. The nurse looked at me and was like, um, "We're not going to get you up to go to the bathroom. Let me have somebody come in here and check you." And so they came in and checked me, and by this time I was like five centimeters dilated. Um, and so we knew from the previous time we were in the NICU that, or in the, um, preterm labor that they, at five centimeters, they really wanted to start to make some decisions because babies were breached. So at this point I, I kind of knew something was going on. Um, and then things just got batshit crazy, <sighs> like. It, so, mind you, but at this time, it was probably 5.15, 5.30. I was gone for like an hour and 10 minutes from the time I left the room to when I came back. And when I left the room, you guys are all just sitting there talking. You're like, go get my work computer. I'm going to do some work. I'm going to keep working here. We're going to keep these babies in until Sunday. And the doctor's. The doctor looked at me and said, if there's any time for, if there's ever going to be a time for you to go, you know, to go and run errands, now would be the time. She's like, this is the safest time. So I'm like, okay, I get back. You're on your side in the labor and delivery room. There's like 15, no, probably about 10 people in the room. Um, everybody's doing a little bit of everything. People are white, like washing you. You got people talking to you about your medical injury like history you got people trying to give you liquids people putting ivs in you and i go up to you and i'm like hey i'm here and you're like don't talk to me and i was like "Uh oh and you're on your side you're sweating a little bit um and that was and then it went away your contraction and that's when you're like i'm having contractions like very frequently yeah like two minutes apart and so that's when i was like oh boy this is it's game time and so <laughs> I just remember they were like, it was very much an emergency C-section that they were getting scheduled. Yeah. And so at this time, it's like six o'clock, almost about right about quarter to six, six o'clock ish. And they still had not put the epidural in you. Um, They had, you really had no pain medication. Oh, so, no. And then they came and checked. They want the, Oh, except for Tylenol. The Tylenol. There you go. The doctor came in. And it's like, I'm going to check your cervix. And this is like the part when dad mode kicked in. And I'm like, oh boy. When the doctor checked your cervix, her eyes like just opened up like deer in headlights. And she just like did like this little like smile like the, okay. And tur- and she was a first year resident, I think too. She turned around, walked over to the nurse who I think is pretty experienced. And she kind of like looked concerned and she came over. And she's like, do you mind if I check your cervix as well? Just We're just trying to. You know, what'd she say? Like, we're just trying to gauge it together or something like that. And she checked it. Her eyes went to like full open and they looked and they just like walked away. You remember that they just walked and left Mm -hmm. and then they called anesthesia again. They're like, we need you. 
And then that's when the other nurse threw the scrubs on. Like, hey, babe, I, you know, as polite as she got, she's like, I think I want, I want you to put these scrubs on. Um, this is going to happen pretty quickly. And that's when I'm like, oh, boy, this is happening fast. Yeah. And so I don't know how much you remember because you were in a lot of pain. All of a sudden, like, things were moving fast. You know, they were getting, they got, they, you were already on a bed. And I was in my scrubs. The surgeon came in and said, this is just going to be a very routine C-section. Don't worry about anything. You kept going, where's this epidural? I need this epidural. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't even, I couldn't even sit. They wanted me to, like, sit on the side of the bed. And, I like, they had my, the stool they had in front of me for me to put my feet on was, like, super high. So my legs were all cramped up. I couldn't bend my back properly so they could put the epidural in. And the anesthesiologist was nowhere to be found. <laughs> oh! And then he walks in. And then, yeah, he was able, he's like, all right, let's go. You know, and I guess after the whole, everything happened, he said, I didn't realize it was this much of an emergency. It's like they called and said, hey, you know, Megan's here. Um, I knew who you were. I re- decided to re- refresh myself in the chart. They called down and said, you know, I think we're going to do the C-section now. He's like, the last time is when they called and said it's an emergency. And I ran here. Um, but so they wheeled you back to the operating room. Yeah. And they brought me and then they had me sit in this little holding chair where I can see everybody coming and going, but I cannot see you. I can't see the operating room. I can hear everything. And so that to me seemed like half an hour. How long did it seem to you? Forever. Cause yeah. most of it, I didn't have drugs for. They, they finally laid me down when I, they had drugs in. Oh, okay. And so, you know, that was one of those p- points when it was just, you know, I'm by myself. I'm watching people enter. I'm watching people leave. And then um, then I saw the NICU team come in. Mm-hmm. And then I knew things were getting r- ready. And so that's when they pulled me in. Going back into the operating room, um, when I came around that corner, I saw you laid all sprawled out. Yeah. There was like six doctors. Can you hear? Oh. Sorry, I couldn't hear myself. There was like six doctors around your midsection and a big, what would you call it? A curtain covering your head. And so they, play, they, they just walked me right back there and so and sat me down right next to your head. And so it was basically me, your head, and the anesthesiologist during the whole C-section. Yeah. So what do you remember from the C-section? Relief from the epidural. Yeah. Um, you know, people talk about like, I, actually, I was really afraid that maybe like the <laughs> the pain medicine wouldn't take and like I would feel them cutting, but I didn't feel anything like that. Um, so it was mainly just relief. I was like, I was in a completely relaxed state. Yeah. Completely relaxed state. And um, so... Do you remember how long it was until the, they started bringing the babies out? No. I mean, all of it just kind of was a blur to me. Um, but if I think about, I mean, if you think about it this way, they wheeled me to labor and delivery at 5.15, 5.30, and the babies were born at 6.53 and 6.54. Mm-hmm. Everything happened really quick. Yeah. Um. So from my standpoint, it was about 
less than 10 minutes. Like once I was in there and then they handed, they said, you remember the baby one? Yep. Baby one's out. And they asked if I wanted to go back and see. And I hung by you. Mm-hmm. And then about a minute later, less than a minute, I think it was mm-hmm. like 30 seconds. They're like, baby two? Yep. And so that's when. And they, neither of them were crying, which kind of weirded me out. But the anesthesiologist assured me that they yeah. don't always cry. Yeah. And so then they took me o- up front to see the girls so I could get some pictures and show you. Mm-hmm. And when I came out front, I was like just taken back. I mean, so they brought me to baby one, who is our Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was crying. And I looked at her, um, looked gorgeous, you know, full color, looked like an actual baby. You know, we were worried. They're 33 and 3. Um you know, but they looked, she looked just like a baby. And mm-hmm. so they had me cut her on by local cord. Um, and so they had a team working with Charlotte and then a team working with our second baby, which was Harper. Mm-hmm. And so when they, I cut her umbilical cord and then they like kind of just, they didn't push me away. They just kept working on her. And so I went to look at Harper and that looked like they were working a little harder to get her going. Um, so I kind of just sat there like, uh, like freaking out a little bit. And then that's when I met the paramedics that were there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she, within about a minute or so, they got her breathing and um, everything was fine. And so then I went over and met Harper and took some nice, sweet pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very impressed. Like each baby had their own doctor, their own, and like two or three NICU nurses with each baby, which I thought was just mm-hmm. really awesome. And so then I came back and showed you the pictures, and then they asked if you would like to see the babies. Mm-hmm. And they did. They brought them back. Mm-hmm. They did. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, as I was with the curtain still there, they brought them up to my face. and I think they disabled something that they were working on, because remember, they a- kept asking, like, are we ready for... And he's like, nope. Hmm. But yeah, I yeah I don't remember any of that. Mm. It was something with your pacemaker. Mm. But yeah, it was quite the thing. And so then it took them maybe a half hour or so to stitch you back up. Yeah. Um, they wheeled the girls off to the NICU, and they wheeled you then off to the recovery. Recovery. And so you know, I wanna. I don't want to just take this like minute by minute. So how long did it take you to start getting feeling back in your legs after you had that epidural? A long time. I mean, I felt really good for a few hours. Then I felt really bad for the rest of the night. I remember waking up in the middle of the night like I can't. I mean, I was crying. I was shaking. My my body was shaking. I was in so much pain. And I kept asking the nurses for like what else can you give me? What else can you give me? And they were only going to give me like Percocet and something else for a little bit. And then like I, they ended up giving me Oxycontin. Oxy, yeah. So do you, since they, you had to do recovery on the cardiac wing with you due to your cardiac history. Do you think they missed some things or did things some differently? Than they would have on the post or the ant or the postpartum, like with that pain. Do you think? I was wondering that. I'm wondering, you know, like if those nurses on the just because there's a, two floors at our hospital that are just for people who just deliver babies. Yeah. 
I'm guessing you're not the only one that wakes up in the middle of the night. Oh, I'm sure. Especially, I mean, that was miserable. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what was worse, the after pain from the C-section or the contractions oh. before. But both of them, I was like sh- to the point of so much pain that I was shaking. And then it was like, what, two days later you started, mm-hmm. you tried to self-wean yourself off the narcotics? I felt good for a day or two and I was like... because <laughs> the meds were working. <laughs> oh, I felt so bad. And what did the doctor say to you? Yeah, everyone does that. And he's like, I know what I'm doing <laughs> or something like that. And But then they gave you some alternatives too to get you away from narcotics. Yeah. Were you just afraid of narcotics? No, I just... Well, my biggest fear was like I have a hard time with my bowels anyways and I no. didn't want to like have a harder time. Yeah. And then just that stuff just makes me so tired. Yeah, you are very exhausted like throughout the rest of the I mean, I'm hospital still stay. exhausted, but <laughs> So moving on to the joys that entered our life. Mhm. Harper, Ella, no. Yeah. Harper Elizabeth. Harper Elizabeth and Charlotte Ella were each three pounds, 12 ounces. Yeah. Which are the MFM, the head doctor in the high risk uh, perinatal clinic still from our discussion. I don't think he still believes that they're accurately measured because he just can't figure out why a baby in the 47th percentile and a <coughs> baby in the 13th percentile can be born at the exact same weight three days after the scan. Right. Well, it happened <laughs> because <laughs> our girls are doing fine. They are still in the NICU, but they, I think, weigh 0.8 ounces apart from each other right now. Yeah, they're very close. Very close. And so everybody, co- sorry, guys, I'm so tired. Um, Everybody comments on how how much identical they are. Yeah. And they are. They're they're perfect. Mm-hmm. They look the same. They're the same weight. Yep. They have the same parents. They do. So Charlotte has a little birth, a um, quite large birthmark on her leg. Yeah. Um, like one of those red, light red blood, yep. or like a. So a it'll re- be our way to tell her apart. Yeah. What for did a I say? While. It's God's way of giving us a way to tell them apart because they do look identical. And I think I'll post like the a side by side picture of them mm-hmm. so everyone can see them. And I mean they their faces are I mean, I know it's kinda like a dumb moment. Um like they're identical twins. Mm-hmm. But a lot of identical twins when they're born don't look alike. Yeah. But there's still something that's a little bit different. But yeah. And so they're doing great. We are coming up on a week in the NICU. Yep. Probably have maybe two to th- maybe two weeks left. Two to three weeks left, depending on Everything is all depending up on the girls. Right. Um, they are no longer on oxygen. Their hearts are and lungs are perfectly fine, which I th- attribute to all those steroid treatments you did for with the perinatal clinic. Yeah. Uh, as well as with the magnesium, I still think that had something to help. Um, they are eating great. Like they're taking in a lot of food. Yeah, they're not actually taking a bottle or no anything. Actually, Harper does a little bit, and Charlotte will 
practice nurse. Yeah. Um, well, that's something that's just going to come yeah. over the next few days, yeah. weeks. They have to be able to take 80% of their food through the bottle before they can come home. Right. That's pretty much the big kicker on everything. Um, but I mean, and they don't have a weight limit, like a weight restriction, which I found interesting that the babies don't have to weigh four pounds or five pounds mm-hmm. before they can come home. Right. I mean, these babies are going to be under five pounds when they come home, they're probably. so little. But they... I mean, they're not little I mean, compared not to little. other... Yeah. I mean, it's they are little, but they're little to us. Yeah. To but me they're not little to everyone else. I mean, that's they're like the big girls in the yeah. NICU. And they're very active. Oh, yes. And He's so, got some strong muscles. Yeah. And so we're kind of excited. We're kind of scared. We're kind of sad that we can't have them here. Yeah. We're very tired. And so why I'm are we? I'm very tired. Yeah. Well, I am too. I just, mm-hmm. um, I'm a big fan of caffeine. Yeah. What are you doing now that you're so tired? I mean, your, your babies are in the NICU. Do you want me to punch you? No, I'm telling, I'm trying to explain it to families that don't know what's going on. Um, so <laughs> seriously, I just wanted to like slug you. Well, just um, tell people what you're doing. Um, so I'm trying to get any sort of milk supply. I mean, it's, that's always really hard when you have preemies. So, yeah. um, I am pumping every three hours. Yeah. Um, 24 hours a day, 24 hours a day. Ben's been a great helper. He's my little dishwasher. Yeah. Um, the pumps don't work on me, so yeah, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so it's like going ev- pretty well. Um, but but even though the babies are in the NICU, you need to start pumping. They are pumping. You are pumping like within two hours after having these babies. Yeah, and so I think that's something that I mean, I knew the pumping was going to be a challenge. I knew babies would keep you up. What I didn't realize is. The amount of effort, like, you wake up at 1 a.m. to do a pumping. That doesn't mean you, because your pumping only lasts 15 minutes. That doesn't mean you'll be asleep by 1.20. That means you'll be washing dishes and drying the dishes, washing the parts and drying the parts and bringing them back for the 4 o'clock thing, which now you're mm-hmm. laying in bed at 1.45 and you got to wake up at 4. Yeah. And so it's tough. So we're basically sleeping two hours, two hours, 15 minutes at a time. Yeah. Most people are like, welcome to parenthood. Yeah. But we just don't have babies to look at when we're doing this. Yeah. But even like, I I spend my days in the NICU and even there, it's just like, it's tiresome. Yeah. Well, I think, and I've said this to you off the show, but I think it's very stressful and I think stress always wears people down. Um. You know, not having any, you know, you still are, we're still scared about our babies. Like what's going to, what could happen? Yeah. Um, they're in these like little incubators. And so you, to be able to touch them, you got to like scrub your hands, undo these latches and stick your hands in. Um, we can hold them, but they're only for like an hour at a time. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's tough. It's hard. Yeah. Now I'm going back to work, so. I save my leave time, which stinks, but it also is helping me, you know, not not have to stress out too much. Right. I stress out vicariously through you. (laughs) 
So yeah, I think this next couple of weeks are going to be very interesting and exciting. I'm, w- I've had experience with people in an ICU. Have you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I know, um, there's going to be high points and low points and stressful points. And so I just got to keep, we got to both just keep looking forward to all those high points. Right. Like today when Harper just decided to rip her Ooh. feeding tube right out of her nose with one swoop. I, I don't care who you are. She was crying, 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 ripped that thing out. And then she was like smirking. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. and the nurse is like, well, why'd she do that? I'm like, it probably didn't feel good. Look at her. She felt really good. It didn't hurt coming out, but man, oh. when they put it back in, I, just, I was tearing up because it was just, she was Yeah, like I was trying to tell you, don't look at this. Wailing. Yeah, I bet that felt like pulling out one of those huge boogers when she oh. did that. She was like, just smiling <laughs> away. So, but yeah, I think everything's going to be exciting for us in the near future. Um, it's already exciting now. It's giving us good training. It's giving us good prep too, I think. Yeah, um, a lot of people are only in the hospital for a day or two with their babies. We're as we're fortunate to have some, probably some of the best people that know how to take care of babies, mm-hmm. train us on how to take care of our babies. Yeah, um, and I did change a poopy diaper today. You did. So, all right. So our, yeah, I guess our tips are you know, <laughs> if you're I don't know if you think you're peeing yourself instead of putting the pads, maybe talk to your doctor about it. Or bring it up to your doctor. <laughs> I'm just glad this didn't happen at home. I mean, if you think about that. Yeah. We have a bed that goes back and forth. And if it if it popped at that moment, think about if we would have just went home, laid in bed, and it popped there. Yeah. And you gave birth within two hours later. I could have been in an emergency room or something like totally different. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I think my wife's about to fall asleep here. So um, I guess until next week. Pay attention to our Facebook page. We're sharing a lot of photos that we have of our girls as well as on our Instagram page. And share it with your friends. Um, we're excited about these our twin girls, Charlotte and Harper. And excited to talk more about them with you guys next week. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.